Good morning, Resurrection. Come on, come on, come on. I said good morning, Resurrection. If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time, I need you to stand on your feet. Not for me, but because God has given you the activities of your limbs and you're able to stand on your feet. You're able to clap your hands. You're able to lift them up and give his name praise. And somebody say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what went on this week. Today is a new day that God has made just for you to give him praise. He has given you the opportunity. He's graced you with the opportunity, meaning that you did not deserve it, but he gave it to you anyway. He graced you with the opportunity to come together with the saints in his presence and to give his name that is higher than any other name praise. And so you ought to be glad and tell God thank you just for the chance to give your name praise this morning. We serve an awesome and great God and I'm just grateful to be here on today. Listen, today we have an awesome service, but before we get into that, I wanna know are there any guests in the house? Any guests in the house? If this is your first time, your first time here, we have some right here. This is your first time here with us, either in person or watching online. First of all, we wanna welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us on today. Uh, but we also want to invite you to take out your phone and text the word guest, G-U-E-S-T, guest, to 830-689-8074. Uh, we just want to hear from you so that we can reach back out to you and just tell you thank you for worshiping with us on today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, we have an awesome, awesome worship experience here for you. Um, today we have the mimes that are getting ready to come. Uh-huh. And after that, we have the young adult praise team that is coming to lift his name on high. And when they're done singing, our very own Pastor Brown will be bringing yet another awesome word from our God to challenge us and to hopefully change us. Amen. Amen. But before, before we get into that, I want to go ahead and, and uh, pray for us. Pray for the service. So will you bow your heads with me? Uh, Father God, we just come before you this morning just to say thank you, God. Thank you, oh God, for being so kind and so loving and so gracious and just so awesome. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to come together and to worship your name. What an awesome name it is. We're so grateful that every time we call on it, God, you answer. We're so grateful, God, that you have now uh, touched our pastor in such a way. You have prepared him to bring us a word on this morning that to touch and to change our lives. And so we pray even now for him. We pray even now that you will cover his head from, a, from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. God, we pray that you would uh, touch the minds, that you would touch the praise team, that you would touch the band, that any and everything uh, that would allow your plan for today to come to fruition, God, that you would allow it to happen that you would not allow anyone or anything to stand in your way, but you, God, would have your own way, that you, God, would do what you do best and just be God in this place this morning, that you, oh God, would break down the stronghold, that you would knock down the walls of our hearts, that you would open up our ears, that you would uh, unclutter our minds, even now, God, to be able to hear exactly what it is that you have for us on today. And we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory because you truly are worthy. It's in Jesus' name we pray and that's all these things and every heart said amen. 
Amen. Amen. Feel like 
you're at the end of your rope, you're tired, you're heavy, you feel alone. I want you to know that we broke all of the rules just to pray for you. God told me to tell you that you matter. You were worth dying for. I pray by the end of this, you see Jesus.
next song, this talks about how good God is. Yes, God. How he is everything to us. If you just think about the goodness of, of Jesus, yes, I Lord. promise you will get emotional because you'll be like, God, you really did that for me? Yeah, and he God. does it over and over and over again. So I don't even know why we quiet in here, right? Because we come and lift up the name of Jesus. He's worthy. He's been too good for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is God your provider? When I call yours, you let me know. Is God your healer? Hallelujah. Is he your way maker? Yes, God. Is he there for you in the time of need? Yes, God. Will you trust him? Yes. Do you love him? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Let's lift your hands off of the building. We're just going to talk about God and reverence his name because he's so good. He's so mighty. Hallelujah. Everybody the same.
Take a moment and bless him right now. Yeah. 
God in three persons. God in three persons. Blessed Trinity. Praise God from home. I just want to praise Him. check just do a road check and say I'm sorry I know I'm in a Baptist church but I gotta sanctify I gotta sanctify and it feel like fire shut up in my bones I'm trying to contain myself but you don't know like I
this real old school feeling in my spirit. I don't mean to interrupt y'all, but down at the cross where my Savior died. Down sin I cry. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this privilege to be able to be in your presence in this place, Lord, collectively with your people. We felt your presence when we got here. We don't even need to invite you. You are already here. In fact, Lord, since you're here, just have your way. Convict, convert, convince, transform, renew strengthen, heal in the name of Jesus. And we'll just be careful to give your name the praise. We're here not for any fashionable reason uh, for some outside show to some unfriendly world. We're here to give you all the glory. In fact, all glory belongs to you. And so bless your name. Let it be magnified. Bless your word. Let it be glorified. Bless your people. Let them be edified. And before we leave here, let the devil be terrified. He thought he had us, but you came and grabbed us. And for that, we say thank you. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Our strength, Lord our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You can give him another praise. Thank you, praise team. Come on, give God praise for them. One of our guest musicians all the way from Las Vegas, my good friend Joe Piggy. Come on, give it up for him. Amen. All the musicians, God bless y'all. Amen. Stand up, Sandra. Amen. And stand up, Q. These were the first two original Praise Tees members back in the day, in the early years, 33 years ago at Resurrection. Let's give God praise for them also for laying the foundation. And hold on, don't, don't think they ain't still got it. Amen. Y'all be seated. Y'all can be seated. Amen. And we just thank God for all those who God has used for worship in our church, the spirit of worship. Listen. I, I hinted about this in my sermon. I'm going to talk a little bit about, about this, this sermon. I need for us to make it your priority, if you are a member of this church, to get connected to a group. 
quiet. In fact, I got to ask God first, but I might go on strike if y'all don't do it. Amen. Here's, here, here's, here's the deal. In order to grow the church, in order to, in order to strengthen the church, you got to connect with the people in the church. Now, I'll be honest with you, it's hard to connect with some people. But there's somebody who you can connect with. Hold on. Because sometimes you connect with people, everybody want to be the alpha. Mm. We'll straighten all that out. But if we can't connect down here, how are we going to connect up there? Amen. And so I know, I know, and we'll show you how to do it. We're going to help you to connect. Listen, you can even start your own. You say, Pastor, well, I, I, I want, you can, you can connect with people outside of the church and it can still be your life group. But the idea is that we can only grow together when we are together. No man is an island. After God said everything was good, he looked and saw man being alone and he said, that's not good. And I don't want you to be alone in your Christian walk. We want to walk there with you. We want to be there beside you. Amen. We want to see you grow. We want to see you develop. We want to see you mature in the faith. So look at your neighbor and say, don't be scared. Uh, no, say it just like I said it. Don't be trying to get all proper. Don't be scared. No, say scared. Say, don't be scared. Amen. Go on East Texas on them. Amen. 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 Stand for the reading of the word of God with me. Found in the book of 2 Corinthians. And we want to look at the textual territory of chapter 10, beginning at verse 3. And we want to read from the New International Version of the Bible, NIV. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 begins by saying these words. This is the word of God. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we serious, y'all, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated in the presence of our God. We want to tag this text today with this title, Unclutter Your Mind. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, unclutter your mind. Listen, all change starts in the mind. You don't change your life by changing your life. You change your life by changing your mind. If you have had parents or people in your life understand this, that your mindset, in fact, all of us have a mindset and it's been shaped by people uh, you inherited from those who are in your family, the mannerisms and mood or even perhaps money, ancestors, parents, grandparents, you inherited a mindset, a way of seeing and interpreting reality. 
All of us have a mindset that has been shaped by people or even sometimes pain because pain can shift and shape how we think. It's critically important to acknowledge and to admit and accept that because if my mindset is inconsistent with the blueprint of God's will displayed in God's word, it's going to ultimately lead to irritation, frustration, and aggravation, and that's fundamentally the teaching of the text for today. Paul, if you don't know him, I'll introduce you to him. He's a gospel globetrotter. He's a tent from Tarsus. Some call him the articulate African who writes letters, and one particularly to this Christian church, this church in Corinth, and he deploys military metaphors to teach them and subsequently teach us about the challenge of moving from salvation to transformation. What he's basically saying, it's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to be changed. Because you can have your soul saved, but your mind has not changed. You can have a new heart, but still defeated because you have an old mind. Are y'all with me today? And it's critical for elevation. Uh, 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 this is critical uh, for transformation. You need the right mindset. Have you ever thought why you think what you think? Not just what you think, but why you think it. Because underneath what you think is a mindset that determines why you think what you think. Most time it's subconscious, you just think. We never ask, why do I see it that way? Where did that come from? Can I tell you real quickly, it's about your mindset. The way your mind is set is going to lead you to victory or defeat. It's gonna lead you to success or failure. It's gonna lead you to humiliation or inspiration. And we are knowingly or unknowingly living in a spiritual, hear me well, war zone. Can I get some help here? This war that we're fighting constantly is not physical, it's spiritual. It's being played out every day on the battlefield of our minds, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 12 months a year, 365 days annually. The scrimmages are spiritual yet constantly manifested in the physical. It is the battle that's being waged between the forces of life and death, good and evil, heaven and hell. The battle is definitive and decisive because whatever gets your mind gets you. One of the most protective gear that you could have on the battlefield is a helmet. Because if you get, I wish I had some help here. The, the enemy wants to, he knows you, you can get wounded other places, but chances are if you get hit in the head, it changes everything. And hear me well, because it's, it's vital for each of us to know how to develop, use, protect, expand, and unclutter our minds. Because whatever is in your mind is going to be in your life. You got to grab a hold of that. You, clutter creates confusion. And somebody knows what I'm talking about. Romans 7, Paul points out how we can actually know the right thing, but unable to do the right thing. Sometimes we know what to do, but we just don't do it. Keep looking straight. 
sometimes we know what we shouldn't do and we do it anyway. Can I tell you what's going on? There's a battle going on in our mind. And that's why in this text, Paul says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Or on the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Those cognitive words, they're cognitive, the strongholds, arguments, pretension, knowledge. What is a stronghold? I know some of y'all think it's one of them religious words, strongholds. A stronghold is not something that has a stronghold on us. It's a mindset that keeps truth from getting to us. I think I just said something. A stronghold is a worldview. It's, it, it, it's, it's a false idea that dominates our lives. Fear is a stronghold. Worry is a stronghold. Guilt is a stronghold. Prejudice is a stronghold. Bias and resentment and bitterness and jealousy and pettiness. All those are strongholds. And the teaching of the text is that these things have to be torn down in order for us to be built up into the people that God intends for us to be. Can I get some help a little bit more on this side? Because the text says we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And that phrase to take captive is a Greek phrase that literally means to capture, to conquer, or to force into submission. How do you do that? You make your mind mind. Okay, y'all missed that. I'm sorry. I, I knew that wasn't intelligent enough when I wrote it down. Uh, you got to make your mind mind. So, Okay, maybe this will make sense. Somebody said it's like this, that, 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 that your mind, your, your mind is, like, is like soldiers. Your thoughts are like soldiers. If you're going to win a battle, your soldier just can't run all over the place, all over the bat. There has to be some discipline. And similarly, you can't let your thoughts just run off in every direction. You ever met some people who just all over the place? Don't even look at them if they sit next to you. But I got a funny feeling and a sneaky suspicion that somebody walked up in here today, right now, you struggling with spiritual ADD. You ought to keep on looking. Your, you, your mind is all over the place. You walked in here, you, you can't even follow this sermon right now because your thoughts are all over the place. You, you didn't intend, it ain't your fault. You didn't intend for them to get there, but they did because when you need to ponder, your thoughts start to wander. When you ought to pray, your, your thoughts just drift away. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but the question is, you need to learn how to mind your mind. So pastor, teach us, how do we discipline our thought life and do the things that we need to do and want to do how do we gain control over the clutter that's in our minds so that we can focus our energies on doing what's best? Well, I'm here to do that. I'm, my assignment is to help you get there. Here's how you unclutter your mind. You ready? Number one, don't believe everything you think. <sighs> you need to write it down. I said it just the way I meant it. Don't believe everything you think. Not everything we think is true. Just because you think it don't mean it's true. That's the problem with the world right now, y'all. 
And it's a critical bridge to cross because you will act in accord to what you think and feel is true. And it's so critical to acknowledge up front that what we think is not always true just because we think it. Can I give you a newsflash? Everybody's mind is flawed, it's fractured, it's frail. Sin, y'all, has damaged our minds. It's damaged our relationship with God, with creation, with each other, with ourselves, and we inhabit an imperfect world as imperfect people, which means none of us by default think clearly all the time. I need about 95, no, let me get 195. I'll make 90, 196 honest people who are honest enough to admit that you don't get it right all the time. Uh, that's 194, okay, five, six. Some of the things that go into and come out of our minds are just flat out wrong. Boy, y'all gonna make me go there. Some of the stuff that comes into our heads and, and goes out. It's crazy. The enemy of our soul is constantly peddling and promoting alternative facts, also known, AKA, as lies. Well, I'm a preacher. I mean, just watch television, log on to the internet and watch reels on Instagram and stories on Facebook and moments on Twitter and vignettes on TikTok and you'll see a whole host of false ideas being promoted. If you only had more money, if you, if you only dress like this, if you only dress like that, if you only look like that, if you could only connect with this crowd or, or that one, you'll be happy, you'll be loved, you'll be secure, you'll be popular, you'll be set for life. Lies! Somebody ought to shout, the devil is a lie. And if you permit them these things to run across the landscape of your mind enough without taking them captive, they will, be, uh, the, they will take the building blocks, I should say, of your belief and build a stronghold. That's why Jeremiah 17, 9 tries to warn us. It says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? That's the word of God, y'all. The heart is deceitful. You thought it was that person who you didn't like and couldn't and all look at you in the mirror. Your heart is deceitful. It means that you and I have an amazing ability to lie to ourselves. You know what denial is, right? Don't even know I'm lying. Don't even know I'm lying to myself. We tell ourselves things are okay when they're not. Tell ourselves things are bad when they're actually better than we're willing to admit. We lie to ourselves all the time. I didn't eat that much. I didn't spend that much. I didn't say that much. <laughs> I ain't gonna tell nobody. Okay, I'm gonna tell you, but <laughs> this is a secret. <laughs> Uh, 
We lie to ourselves all the time. Why? Because the heart is deceitful. We can't figure out our own motives, let alone trying to figure out somebody else's. And, and, here, and here's the key point. Neither you or I can be trusted to tell ourselves the truth all the time. You can't even trust yourself to tell yourself the truth. Thoughts, according to the Bible, must be tested. Why? Because some of us have bald spots, but all of us have blind spots. We can't see what we can't see. We, we, we have background biases. We, we see things as they, not as they are, we see things as we are. Let me show you real quickly because I just found this out that the optic nerve, y'all, is the only nerve connected directly to the brain. It's a direct connection. And, and you would think that when you see something, there would be more electrical impulses moving from the outside in rather than from the inside out. But that's not the case. Scientifically, we are, when we see things, we are in the process of seeing something, uh, those impulses moving from your brain to your eye, then from your eye to your brain. And don't miss this, that your brain is actually telling your eye what to see. We see them as our brain wants us to see them. And we don't always see them as they really are. We see them as our brain wants us to see them. And we see them through the lens of our background, our experience, our, our pain, our hurt, our disappointments. Our, you wonder why you can't communicate with some people. You don't even see what I'm talking about exactly. That's why you could put four people on a corner, let them all see the same accident and get four different accounts of what happened. Why? Because they're seeing it from their own perspective. And so we jump to conclusions and get trapped by categories. It's either this or that, and when a lot of times it's neither. That's why 2 Corinthians helps us. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourselves to see whether or not you are in the faith. Test yourself. That means don't let your former story dictate your future narrative. Preach, pastor. Unclutter your mind. Don't believe everything you think. Let me go a little bit further. Most, listen, listen, number two, uh, guard your mind against garbage. Say guard your mind against garbage. Most of the computers and digital devices we use every day, uh, uh, that we, there was an old cliche, hadn't heard it in a while, but y'all remember, most of y'all military, giggle, garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. That cliche reminds us that whatever you put into your computer is what you're going to get out. If your input is flawed, then your output will be as well. And what is true of computers, y'all, or digital devices is also true of your mind. If you put garbage in your mind, that's what's going to come out in your life. Your mind dictates your life. You got to clear the clutter. Proverbs 15 and 14 in the Living Bible Translation says, a wise person is hungry for truth, but a fool feeds on trash. Boy, y'all need to hear that. To unclutter your mind, you're gonna have to be selective in what you permit to live there. Because you can't permit 
your mind to go in places, what you permit uh, to, to live in your mind is going to determine the stress or success that you have in life. There are some people you got to be selective with in your circle. Everybody can't sit on your front row. The nutritionist will tell you there are three basic kinds of foods. Brain food that makes you smarter. Junk food, it tastes good, but it has no lasting contribution. And then toxic food, which poisons your system and can do some real damage over the long haul. This is true, y'all, not only with your gut, but it's also true with your mind. There are three types of mental food. Brain food, things that make you, uh, that, that encourage you, that builds you, that inspires you, that makes you smarter, makes you more successful, more faithful, more skilled, more confident, junk food, things that are not necessarily poisonous, but they're not at all helpful. And it may fill you, but it won't build you. It may stuff, but it won't be enough. And then there's toxic food, filling your mind with stuff that's harmful and counterproductive and hateful and bigoted and biased and injurious. The songwriter Psalms 107 and 3 said, I will not set before my eyes anything worthless. Don't trade worthwhile for worthless. If you want to proceed progressively in life, you've got to guard against garbage. Don't let trash accumulate in your thinking. I, I hear you, Pastor. How am I going to do that, though? I'll I tell you real quickly. Here it is. Two things. Conventional prayer. Say conventional prayer. Uh, conversational prayer. Say conversational. Conventional conversational prayer. Your, your prayer ought to be a conversation. Continually. And then concentrated focus. Say concentrated focus. Write that down. Conversational prayer and then concentrated focus. Yeah, say it with me one more time. Conversational prayer, and then concentrated focus. Here's the first one, conversational prayer. What is that? It's an ongoing conversation with God. O ongoing. You know how we always end our prayers with amen? You ought to start your prayer in the morning and just keep praying throughout the whole day. Even as you're getting dressed, conversational, uh, talk to God with your eyes open. The second one, uh, 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 concentrated focus, uh, it's a decision to focus on the worthwhile and blocking out the worthless. There's some things that, don't that does not demand your attention. Some things and some people don't deserve. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, this is the part of the sermon that gets real quiet. So I'll let the scripture talk to you. Philippians 4 and 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank God for all that God has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. It surpasses all human understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds, so fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now note the instructions because let me break it down here. Number one, pray about what? Everything. How do I do that? Conversational prayer. 
I talk to God about anything and everything. That's number one. But number two, fix your focus. It's all in that same scripture. Concentrated focus. Uh, the way you remove bad ideals, y'all, is not to resist them, but to replace them. Did you hear what I said? If you want to remove a bad idea, don't try to resist it. Replace it. Don't focus on what you don't want. Focus on what you do want. Don't think of the pink elephant. The pink elephant. The pink elephant. The pink, what did you just think about? Mm -hmm. The pink elephant. To remove bad ideas, you can't just resist them. You've got to replace them. That's how you unclutter your mind. Guard your mind against garbage. Against garbage. Can I give you one more? Number three, never stop learning. Y'all, make learning a lifetime habit. And in fact, the word disciple means learner. From the very beginning, I remember when we first uh, came to resurrection, it was evident that this was a teaching church, a discipling church. Everything we do is about evangelism and discipleship. To follow Christ, you have to be a disciple. A disciple is a learner. In Matthew 11 and 28, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are stressed out. Oh, y'all, y'all, they're not getting it. I ain't in King James. You stressed out. Jesus says, come to me. If you're stressed out and you're tired and you're weary, church will make you weary. Church can wear you down. People can, family can, if you are stressed and tired and weary, he says, what you got to do is learn of me and learn from me. And that's what it means to be a disciple. Listen, a lot of people graduated from school and said, I'm finished. And you were. Y'all will get it on the way home. If you want to live, keep learning. Keep growing. Keep developing. School is never out. Somebody ought to shout that with me. It ain't never out. I was sharing this with the deacons on yesterday. All leaders are learners. The moment you stop learning is the moment you stop leading because you can never take anyone any further than you've gone yourself. Preach, pastor. And get this, y'all. This will really blow your mind. You can learn anything from anybody if you ask the right questions. This might hurt, but here it is. We all ignorant, we all ignorant, just on different subjects. You know some things I don't know. I know some things you don't know. Others know some things neither of us know. Everybody's ignorant just on different subjects. Ask the right questions, and when if you ask the right questions, you can learn from anybody and everybody if you just ask the right questions. Asking questions, y'all, is just simply a sign of intelligence. You ever been around people who just talk about themselves? They never give you a chance to give a word in edgewise. You, you're trying to... Proverbs 25 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man, a woman of understanding will draw it out. You ought to be more interested in other people. Because everybody's got a reservoir or some things that can teach you. The reason why you can't learn nothing because it's all about you. 
And the key is to be humble enough to listen and learn and be taught by them. You can learn, eat, listen from people who you disagree with. You can learn from people who you don't like. Because even a broke clock is at least twice. Let me go a little bit further. Proverbs 18 and 15 says the mind of a smart person is eager to get knowledge. Ooh. How do we store up knowledge? Two ways, y'all. Here's how you get knowledge. Y'all ready? This one is for free. Reading and relationships. Just got real quiet. Hear me well. Your life will largely be influenced by the books you read and the people you meet. Yeah, that was worth the price of admission. How much y'all paid to get in here today? You've got to be intentional about what you read and intentional about the relationships, are y'all hearing me? That you foster. Proverbs 19 and 8 says, those who get wisdom do themselves a favor and those who love learning will succeed. That's the word of God. Those who love learning will succeed. How do we learn? I told you, reading and relationships. Y'all need to get that. In fact, if you got young people in your, if you're, you're training, tell them reading and relationships. That, that's one of the most incredible benefits of, of, of belonging also in, in a life group, connecting with people. It's wise to learn from experience, but listen to me, it's wiser to learn from the experiences of others. There's some things I don't want to find out experientially. Help me, somebody. Some lessons I can learn by just watching you. Nope, don't you better not do that. Never stop. I should have had a t-shirt on today. Never stop learning. That's number three. That's number three. That's number three. Can I give you one more? Renew your mind daily with the word of God. Oh, I love this one. Because you remember what I said in the opening of this message? You don't change your life by changing your life. You change your life by changing your mind. And, 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 and let me help you with this for a moment because when a woman gives birth to a child in a normal delivery, the baby leaves the womb and enters the world head first. In a normal delivery, that, that's how, they leave the world that they've known, enter to this new world, Head, the delivery is in danger any time the child is born breached, coming out the wrong way. By deliberate design, God is a master of creation. He's the cosmic genius of the universe. Deliberate design, he, cre he made it that the child in a normal delivery is born head first. Can I tell you something that's going to shout you? I can hardly contain myself. At least I hope this will. God's going to take you to the next level in your life head first. Here's the shout. Here's the shout. If he can help you get your head out of whatever you're in, your life has to follow. Yeah. Wherever your head's going, that's where your life, somebody ought to shout on that. Because if he can get your head there, 
It's only a matter of time before your life, you, uh, somebody ought to shout right now and say, I'm on my way to my victory because my head is there. I'm on my way to joy because my head is there. I'm on my way to peace because my head is there. I'm on my way to financial freedom because my head is there. I'm on my way. I may not be there yet, but my mind is there. And if I keep my mind where it's supposed to be, my life is about to follow. So keep on pressing. Somebody ought to help me say, my head is already there. Romans 12 and 2 says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing y'all do y'all know the word the renewing of your mind you if you want to know God's will for your life you've got to be transformed and it's in the text here's how you be transformed you've got to renew your mind it's got to be a daily engagement of the word of God a daily engagement with the word read it for yourself stop relying on YouTube influencers that's your problem. You've been influenced by YouTube. You need to pick up the Bible and read the word of God. God's word has the power to renew your mind. Ephesians 5 and 26 calls it the washing of water by the word. God's word will wash away error. God's word will wash away distortion. God's word will wash away dysfunction. God's word will wash away your low self-esteem. God's word will walk, wash away that pettiness and that distractions and those disruptions and those inaccuracies in your mind. God's word will clarify your confusion. God's word will define your destiny. God's word will elevate your opportunity. God's word will take you to your next level. Let me make it plain. I got emotional. Let me make it plain. Because listen, one of the biggest wasters of time in the worst place, uh, they, they, they say it are computer malfunctions. My, my, my internet went down the other day. I didn't know how many things in my house was connected to it. Uh, that time I was forced to read. <laughs> well, open the book. <laughs> but the biggest wasters of time in the workplace, when, the, when that stuff goes down in the work, employees are depending on that, it's happened here several times. We, we, we send people home. Because it's down, we can't work. The average person, they say, spends 20 to 25 minutes, that's the average, trying to fix computer-related issues. But over 50% of all computer problems technicians deal with, they say can be fixed by a simple reboot. Y'all, y'all ain't. Computers, they say the computers often fail because the there are some systems running in the background and processes that leave an electronic footprint that takes up RAM, random access memory. And when you shut the device down and reboot it, the programs and processes come to an end, allowing you to work with a clean slate with a faster and more efficient device. Anybody see the connection? You got to let the word of God reboot your mind because the word will hit the control, alt, delete, 
control the negatives, anxious, fearful, guilt-ridden thoughts in your mind. I give you an alternative feelings of peace and hope and love, joy and power, and delete the destructive effects that the enemy has attended. I, I wish I had somebody who could shout on that, but I got to go. All I came to tell you was to unclutter your mind. I'm going to give you this last one, and here it is. After you don't believe everything that you think if you guard your mind against garbage never stop learning renew your mind with the word of God daily here's the last one then let God stretch your imagination you got to have a dream I will, oh y'all ain't here with me I, I told the deacon on yesterday we listen what got us here was a dream what's gonna take us there is a dream you've got to have a dream a vision, a goal for your life, for your family, and for your future. Y'all hear me when I say this? If you can't dream it, you can't do it. Let God stretch your imaginations. Acts 2 and 17, God proclaims that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Everybody everywhere ought to say visions and dreams. Come on, say it loud, visions and dreams because visions guide us and visions correct us and visions discipline us without a dream without a vision you don't live you just exist nothing happens until somebody somewhere starts dreaming everything that's ever been accomplished in this world started because somebody dreamed it every building every ever built it was in the architect's mind. Every piece of art, every piece of music started as a dream in the artist's mind. Every athlete who ever won a competition or a championship dreamed of winning it first. It all starts with dreaming. The quality of your life is largely determined by the dreams that you allow God to give you and by stretching your imagination. Hear me well, an imagination is a preview of tomorrow. Imagination is a preview of a coming attraction. You learn from yesterday, you live in today, but you dream about it tomorrow. Napoleon once said, Napoleon once said, he said, imaginations rule the world. Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge because knowledge is limited, but imagination goes on. Let God stretch your imagination. Can I ask you something? What do you believe God for in the future? Are you even believing anything for God? In the, what would you attempt right now if you knew you could not fail? In fact, here's a good one. What's your dream? What would you do? Because God is a creator. And we can only become more like God as we are being creative. If you're not creating, you're decaying. You're drifting, you're dying. And today is a good day. I didn't know you'd be here, but God knew you'd be here and God told me to tell you it's a good day to let God stretch your imagination. 
to imagine new answers and new solutions and, and new questions, new possibilities, new products, services, remedies, strategies, and potentialities. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you can't live out your memory. That's what has been. You got to live out your imagination. That's what can be. And here's how you do it. Don't do it for your sake. Do it to the glory of God. Ephesians 3, Paul wrote, now glory be to God by his power at work within us, who's able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream. I got to get a new interpretation because I know you'd quote the whole scripture. Think of the biggest dream and the greatest vision you could ever think of right now that you could ever have. And guess what God would say? Oh, I can top that. Because God is able to do far more than we are able to think or imagine or dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers and desires and our thoughts and hopes on any given day. Let me leave this with you real quickly and I'm going to let you go. Any given day, there are 23,000 scheduled flights that take off and land in American airports. Any given day, 23,000 flights, scheduled flights. 23,000 scheduled flights any given day. At any given time, 5,000 of those airplanes are simultaneously airborne, 5,000. That means approximately 1 million people are flying at 300 miles an hour at 30,000 feet above the planet at any given moment right now. A hundred years ago, all of that was just science fiction. Two brothers, Wilbur and Orville Wright, turned science fiction into science fact. Y'all, here it is. Don't miss this because the Wright brothers dreamt of flying. Their dream of flying is traced all the way back to one autumn day in 1878 when their father, who was a pastor, what can I say? Their daddy was a preacher brought a unique toy home and using a rubber band to twirl its rotor, a miniature bamboo helicopter flew into the air, much like these drones that we have now, but it broke after a few flights. But instead of giving up on it, they decided, and throwing it away, they decided to make their own. And the dream of flying was conceived in their minds a quarter of a century later. 25 years later, on December the 17th, 1903, this is 2023. Yeah, I'm coming there. 1903, 120 years ago, Orville himself went airborne for 12 gravity-defying seconds. Yeah, it was Kitty Hawk. In the first powered, piloted flight in human history, it's almost impossible now for us to even imagine life as we know it without airplanes. But like every innovation, every revolution, every breakthrough, somebody has got to imagine it first. And that stretching the imagination by him stretching his imagination, he had no idea the chain reaction because without it, there would be, without Kitty Hawk, there would be no Randolph Air Force Base. Y'all ain't even hearing me. Without knowing it, the Wright brothers created a whole airline industry, the FAA, 
the TA, TSA, the US Air Force. I'm sure it never crossed their minds, but their flying faith, y'all, is the reason why a million people are right now speeding through the troposphere, even as I preach. It was two preacher's kids, two PKs. God stretched their imaginations. Does anybody here know what I'm saying, y'all? Because if God can stretch your imagination, God can change your situation, God can establish your destination, God can secure your foundation, because who would have ever imagined Thomas Edison tinkering with wires in his workshop would create the light bulb? Who, who would have ever imagined that? Who would have ever imagined that George Washington Carver would discover 300 different products from soybeans and pecans and peanuts and sweet potatoes? Who could have ever imagined Madam C.J. Walker would turn her scalp ailment into a multi-million dollar hair care enterprise less than 10 years after? after slavery had ended. Who could have ever imagined that Noah would have built the ark not only to save his family, but if he wanted to, he could have saved a small part of the world. Who could have imagined that Abraham could locate a city whose maker and builder was God? Who could have imagined that Isaac could redig his father's wells and continue his father's legacy? Who could have imagined that Jacob would wrestle with an angel and live to tell the tale? Who could have imagined that Moses could split the sea like a sidewalk with a shepherd's staff. Who could have imagined that Joshua could conquer Jericho by simply walking around the walls? Who could have imagined that Gideon could defeat the Midianites with only 300 soldiers? Who could have imagined that David would overcome a giant called Goliath with a stone and a slingshot? Who could have imagined that Daniel would sleep all night in a den with hungry lions? Who could have imagined that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could endure a fiery furnace? But I got one more I got to tell you. Who could have imagined that Jesus could endure the suffering on the cross and die one Friday night and stay dead all Friday night? all day Saturday and all Saturday night and then get up Sunday morning with all power in his hands. Can I tell you, he did. He imagined it and that's why he got up. He imagined it and that's why he said, if I be lifted, I'll draw all men to me. When they put him on the cross, they made one mistake they lifted him up and I came to ask a question is there anybody here who can help me lift him up will you help me lift him up will you help me lift him up hey any alright and I'm glad to tell you that what God did for them he can do the same for you it is no secret what God can do what he's done for others, he'll do it for you. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Somebody ought to say yeah. 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 I'm glad that he did it for me. Because I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peace for sure. Very deeply stained within. Sinking the rise no more. But the master, but the master 
of the sea heard my cry lifted me safe am I I'm safe because he lifted him I'm safe because he picked me up I'm safe because he turned me around and right now hey when I think about him the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me my soul cries hallelujah is there anybody here that love my Jesus is there anybody here that love my Lord has he done anything for you lately if he's done anything you ought to shout hallelujah if he's done anything you ought to say praise God if he's done anything touch three people and say excuse me I'm gonna give you a fist bump I ain't gonna get too close but I got to tell you you don't know what is done for me hey 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 sickness healed right mind close strength I can dance Stand on your feet wherever you are right now. Woo. Listen, ain't God good? Is he able? Will God do just what he said? He would do, would he fulfill every promise to you? If you don't give up on God, and guess what? Even if you do give up on him, he still won't give up on you. Because he's able. Listen. Stand here right now. I came here as a 25-year-old kid. I got, you know, the older you get, the more you talk about the past. So y'all just indulge me for a moment. I'm 59 years old. Wait, wait, wait. I arrived at this church. I had, I had a full-time job. And in order to pass this church, pastor this church, I had to become a full-time pastor. Now, my full-time job had benefits, insurance, um, profit sharing. I was doing some things. I was moving up. I started passing a small church called Resurrection Small Church. And they wanted to make me full time. No, they didn't want to make me full time. I told them I needed to be full time. And they told me, well, we can't do that and pay all these bills. We didn't have many bills, but um, we're, trying to build a new, we're trying to get a new building in, in church. And I remember Sister Kendall saying distinctly, well, if we can't pay the building, for the building, then we just go back where we came from. But I vote that we give our pastor full-time, full-time salary. I'm too embarrassed to tell you what it was. Because there's some kids at McDonald's that make more than that right now. But here's my point. That 
salary came with zero benefits. I'm a 25-year-old kid, I got, I got kids. No insurance, none. And I'm saying, just God, keep me healthy. Don't, I don't need, I had no doctor, had no, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a health plan and I had no doctor to go to. And the Lord kept my health. Won't he do it? Then church got a little bigger and you know, finally gave me a little bitty plan. You know. With this plan, now I could get me a doctor. And by this time, I was aging. And things were just beginning to mess with me, just a little bit, not real serious, sinuses, some other stuff, you know, just normal stuff that comes with aging. Like you wake up one day and you wonder why, why this knee ain't working like it used to. <laughs> What's going on with this knee? Come on. <laughs> You were just working yesterday. What's, it's amazing what happens from one day to the next. You know? I ain't played no football, I ain't played no basketball, and my knee. But I had insurance. And I could walk into my doctor's office and say, hey man, listen, run my car. <laughs> What's my deductible? What's my copay? Because I knew I had insurance. Then the other knee, and he told me this, this I will never forget this, because I'm thinking he's going to give me something for my knee. He said, oh, <laughs> you inherited that from your parents. That's called Arthur. I said, excuse me? Yeah, Mr. Arthur, his last name, Ritus. <laughs> you don't know Arthur Ritus? <laughs> no, I never met the man. <laughs> he said, well, that's who you got. And I knew then I'd have some good days and I had some bad days, but I have to come to church and say, I say, I won't complain. But here's the reason why I don't complain. I didn't mean to go there, but God has been good to me because he's given me the doctors who are watching me and protecting me. I don't have what I had when I was 25 but I got enough to help me at 59. And the Lord protected me back then when I didn't have all the other stuff. He was my insurance. I came to tell somebody today, he can be your insurance. He'll be your assurance. Whatever you don't have, God will be. Whatever you need, God is. He's got it everything you need right now but here's what you got to do God wants to take you to another level but 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 he can't do that until you make a step in the right direction pastor this church I want to invite you to become part of this family today somebody's watching me online somebody's streaming somebody's in this place right now somebody's in this house you don't have a you don't have a church you don't have a pastor you need some Christian friends maybe you have that already but you're here today You've been working in church. Maybe you don't even want to work in church no more. You just want to be a part of a church. Whatever that might be, I believe the Lord sent you here today to make a decision. Once you come down this aisle right now, I want to encourage you, sister, brother, family, friends, to make that bold step of faith. Would you trust God right now? Would you come today? Would you come? 
Because God, God, just what he said he would do. He's gonna fulfill every promise. But here's the kiss. Don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. He's able. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Oh, come on. Is there another? Everybody ought to help us sing this. God, God to do just what he promised. God bless you. Come on, sister. He's going to fulfill.
ought to give God another hand clap of praise for those who have now made the decision, made up in their mind to join this church, to join the family of faith, or to join the family here at Resurrection. You may be seated. Um, God has been good to Resurrection. Amen. God has now taken our pastor from no insurance to all this assurance and whatever else he needs allowed us to have a band and to have mimes and continue to do ministry but we're only able to do that and continue to be a blessing to our pastor and to uh, the body by your gifts by the giving back to God what he so graciously has given unto you. And so now is that time for you to continue to do that. You can simply take out your phone and text RBC1, RBC1 to 77977, um, or you may drop it off uh, on your way out or mail it here to our church campus. Amen? Amen, amen. We're so grateful, so grateful, so grateful uh, that some people have joined this body here at Resurrection. Amen, amen. And we are not just anybody here at Resurrection. We indeed are a living body, amen, which means we are moving, we are breathing, we are active, and there are many opportunities for you to serve here at Resurrection, to be a part of this body. And I just want to highlight, too, uh, this morning before we leave, on your way out, there will be two tables available for you. Uh, one is for those who may be interested in joining the dance ministry. The dance ministry. So you saw uh, an arm of the dance ministry this morning in the mimes. But we also have praise dancers. And so if that has been on your heart, if you have the gift of dance, if you want to learn more about it, maybe you are qualified to instruct some dancers, we want to invite you on your way out in the lobby to find that table and sign up to be a part of that ministry. Amen. Secondly, secondly, uh, I am the youth pastor, blessed to be the youth pastor here at Resurrection. And next, next Tuesday, not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday on Halloween, we will have what we call Res Fest, Res Fest here um, at the church location. And we need some help. We need some help. We're inviting the kids of this church, the kids of our community, to come out and participate in what we call trunk or treat. And basically all that is, you decorate your trunk, the kids come by, they get some candy, we'll have some food, some games. We even have a band that's coming out to bless us. And so we, number one, we invite everyone to come out and to fellowship with us. But even more importantly, we need some help. We need some trunks, some trunks. And so if you have some time next Tuesday evening, you're available and you're willing to decorate your trunk and to give some candy to the kids that will be there. We invite you to, to sign up in the lobby as we leave church. Amen? Amen. Do we have a good time in the Lord today? Is your mind uncluttered? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Let's, let's stand as we get ready to dismiss. Uh, before we leave, let's uh, remind everybody uh, here at Resurrection what we are about. If we can get that on the screen. All right, there we go. All right, we are servants of Christ, developing followers of Christ who share the love of Christ. Now unto him who was able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory 
dominion, power, both now and forever. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you and God keep you.